From our WFUV studios in the Bronx, New York, it's the Pick and Pot. Drop us a voicemail at 347-903-WFUV. Now, here are your hosts, Annie Ducey and Matt Rosenfeld. It's gross outside, Matt Rosenfeld. Kind of like the dunk contest. That was gross. It was a gross dunk Terrible. contest. It's the Pick and Pod on February 18th, 2014. Kenny Ducey at Kenny Ducey right here to my left. It is Matt Rosenfeld at Matty Rose 16. I'm working on getting a new one, but we'll work on it. Yeah, that. yeah. We got submit your your Twitter handles for Matt. We tried Rosenfeld, Matt, no go. No, everyone, Matt Rosenfeld, that's a no go. Matt right. underscore Rosenfeld, you can get that. I uh, maybe that's available. I'm not a big underscore guy. I'm sorry to everyone that has an underscore out there, but I'm not a big fan of it. I feel like it's tough to find on the keyboard, and it's just not what I'm looking for. Well. Kevin Kelly across from us still doesn't have a Twitter. We don't want to talk about but that. But you probably yeah. agree with us that, k that that dunk contest is awful. <laughs> it wasn't as bad as you guys are saying. Well, it, okay, oh, but it was yes, good it was. for a minute. Like, it was the, 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 the final battle, the final battle, you know, between McLemore, McLemore and Wall yeah. was great. But that was it. That was it. That was, it was, that was like a one minute. Yeah, I wish McLemore had And the dunk the contest lasted like five minutes. Oh, I, yeah. you know, when I was, I was prepping for this, and I, was, I looked up synonyms for awful to describe <laughs> the dunk contest. I've, my five favorite were appalling, depressing, because it was pretty depressing, abominable, unpleasant, and atrocious, because that's the only way I could describe that dunk contest. I was so upset watching it, and when it was over, I felt empty inside. Well, here's what's the shame about it. They picked great dunkers. I know. That was a like that was an awesome field. Oh, I know. Could you imagine if that was the regular format? That would have been so unreal. many good dunks. That would have been unreal dunk contest. You saw in the in the freestyle round like that Macklemore when he reached oh, back yeah. for that dunk. You could t- there were signs of how good it could have been yeah. in this dunk oh. contest. But the, like and the whole the best parts about the dunks are the reactions and the whole like the whole stuff that goes around the actual dunk, and we only saw that for, like you said, a minute, and oh, I was so upset. Well, it didn't look like Barnes belonged at all, in my opinion, but like, which dunks did you guys enjoy? I really liked, well, first of all, I was really hoping for the Macklemore 720, yeah, I was we could have too. all done our yeah. ridiculous bets, but um, yes, oh, the, the look, J- Terrence Ross did the same dunk John Wall did, but he did it in the freestyle round without, a, like, without someone holding the ball for him. So that was, I mean, I thought that was a cool dunk at the time. I thought the Lillard between the legs was pretty impressive. That was very that impressive. Was awesome. Especially just like first try, just in like layup lines. My favorite was actually Harrison Barnes' layup. Because <laughs> in freestyle <laughs> round, he couldn't get there. But no one noticed. Like, I feel like no one noticed that at the time. No one noticed that Harrison Barnes. <laughs> That's how bad the freestyle round was. In the dunk contest, did a layup. Because and it was just like he was like, oh, I'm just gonna. He didn't even try to dunk the basketball. He it was, just laid it up. That's why you could tell. That's even, and it was the part of dunk contest. It's a microcosm of what, how you could tell how bad the dunk contest was because you didn't even notice awesome things that happened in the freestyle round. It looked like they were just warming up, right? Especially oh, well, in the beginning. What, that's of how the West. it was described to us. Yeah, the beginning of the West was terrible, but it was. It was just them warming up. I would have loved the other format for these guys because you would have gotten more dunks. It would have been, it would have been really outrageous because I, I just. Like I'm just sitting here, just wishing that we would have seen a traditional, you know, finals. And then it was like, my, uh, my friend didn't catch all of it, right? He, mm-hmm. or my my roommate didn't catch all of the dunk contest. So I was trying to describe to him, like when I saw him How later that night about the dunk contest, and he's like, "Oh well, I saw Macklemore Wall," and I was like, "Yeah, you know, it was just that was the last battle or whatever." 
he was like, that wasn't the finals? And I was like, no, that wasn't the finals. <laughs> there were no finals. There were no yeah, finals. The, the conference they were just won. like, oh, everyone vote who was the best 15 teams won. 15 teams won. I bet Macklemore, if Macklemore went second, he would have won the dunk contest. Yeah, no, I agree. It's usually uh, whatever you— Or he would have won the round, the battle, and then we would have kept going What you remember, battle. What you remember most is what happens last, and it's easy. I mean, you got old guys like Dr. J in there. You know, they can't remember that far back. So— Usually, you get the benefit of going second. And poor Doctor J didn't have any role in this. He was he was always they all, Magic yeah. and um and Dominique, Dominique always yeah. picked the same side. So Doctor J was sitting there like, all right, well, I guess I it doesn't matter. My, my opinion vote is. doesn't matter. I don't know. Um, the re- he, the rest of Saturday was okay though. I mean, the shooting good. stars was very entertaining. I think Bosch puts on a good show, and Team Hardaway and Team Curry both failed. The Nick the Knicks portion of Saturday ended twenty four minutes in, <laughs> as it deserved Hardaway to. Hardaway was and, on and, three point though. Bellinelli pulled uh, out. I called last time. You did so call him. Well, 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 cool. You yeah you you called Bellinelli. <laughs> yeah. and I called Kevin. You Long. called what you called Trey Burke, and we, we all both had, called yeah, Trey yeah, Burke on the skill. Yeah, we all picked Trey Burke for the skills. Well. And then I said Wall was my dark horse. I don't know what that <laughs> no, that, no, that was impressive. I remember you saying that. What I did like also was they decided to go with teams for the skills challenge. And Lillard and Burke I was rooting for, but and it was very fun. I mean, they won by a, a tenth of a second. But I didn't like the teams. I wanted to see them compete one-on-one against yeah, each other. Yeah, that's what I thought was going to happen. I thought it was going to be Trey Burke all by himself. But you know what, though? Burke and, and Burke and Lillard, Lillard is a, just dirty. is a team yeah. you don't want to mess it with. It was dirty. I mean, they clearly just they were going all out for it. Um, speaking of going all out for it, the Knicks are reportedly going to try to go all oh. out again for Rajon Rondo. Um, I don't understand this because they don't have the assets to trade, and it would be... I mean, the Celtics aren't going to take back Hardaway, Shumpert, Chandler, Felton, and a first-round pick. I just don't think... I, no, I no. don't think they would do that. The, th- the thing about the trading Rondo is the teams that have the assets are the teams that, why would you trade for Rondo? He's not going to put you over the top. And the teams that could really use Rondo, like the Knicks or... Or like a better team in the in either conference don't have the assets, so it's going to be tough to trade Rondo. And the Knicks are again going to more, try and mortgage their future for a, seven, a four to five seed in the East. The biggest issue is he's probably not going to sign wherever he's going to get traded. Exactly, wherever he exactly. might get traded to, well, like Sacramento yesterday, like yeah. that fell apart because why would Rondo want to sign? And in why Sacramento? if you're if you're a team in the lower echelons of the league, like why would you trade for Rondo when you know he's going to walk? Well, yeah. I, I I agree with you. Here's my thing. If you're the Knicks, right, and you just trade away all of these guys, all the guys I just listed, Chandler, <laughs> Shumpert, Felton, and um, The entire team. And, like, a pick. I, I don't—the I, pick obviously stinks. I don't know if I have, like, that big of a problem with it because you're basically just completely— re- Now, I know that this would kind of be a move for this year, but I, like, I don't even—it's not a guarantee that you could sign Rondo in the offseason. I, I like— I would almost like that because it would be giving up on the season like they should have. It would be a step forward. I'll give you that. You can re-sign Mel, and so like you get Mel with a point guard. So you get you get what Mel like. I think Mel Did needs it, a point guard. So now you get a point guard for like a very four good five one years. at that. You get Mellow for four or five years. Then you have cap space down the road. One thing the Knicks don't have to usually worry about that other teams do is they have a, they have a better chance of re-signing most of their guys. You know, New York's a big. Big draw for a lot of players, and they're a good, perennially good team. I don't know if it really is. I mean, it is, it is, but it isn't. It is. It is. But what I also don't really understand is we didn't want to – you said earlier, or last week, I think, you don't want to make the same mellow-type trade where you trade well, I, yeah, four, I, four quarters for a right, dollar. I asked Seth if they yeah. think they'd make that mellow mistake. And I don't, I don't want to call it a mistake because Rondo's a great player, and none of those guys you're saying are going to be traded are really going to bring you to the next level, but would it – 
would it be a mistake? You know, you got Rondo and Melo, and then what now? Right, well, yeah, I mean, that's the thing. It's like you can... They'd basically just make a shell. Like they'd just start. They'd be starting over. I what, mean, you just why trade would the away. Celtics even want that though? Like, who'd you have in there? You had Chandler. Well, well you have Har- Hardaway and Shumper. You have two young, talented wing players. You well, get Chandler, who'd be coming off the books soon enough, and would be good for right. Sollinger to learn under, and it'd be a good interior post defender to play some some sparing minutes. And then you'd have, I mean, Ray Felton, which is Ray Felton. <laughs> yeah. And then you'd also get another pick for your rebuilding team. And they already have a bunch of picks, they so bunch, they would be yeah. able to. They'd be able to work it together. I don't think it's the best offer they'll get, but if they really want to move Rondo, they might have to seriously consider it. I think um, I think the Knicks at this point, though, still won't make a trade. And that's what I said on the last episode. I don't. I just don't think they're going to make a trade because I don't think, A, they have the assets. B, I don't think they will go ahead and trade five, use five trade pieces to get Rajon Rondo, and I don't think they're going to go ahead and get Jeff Teague. I, th- I think that's where you're wrong. I think they're going to end up trading for Jeff Teague. You think they're going to yeah. get Jeff Teague? I, think it could happen I don't too, think they're yeah. going to stand pat again with small moves, and I think Jeff Teague is enough. Is enough of a move where you can you can point to it and say, "Here, we did that." And Shumpert's kind of run his course, you know. In my opinion, I think his his trial and error his period is over. Now we bring in Jared Dubin of Bloomberg Sports, Hardwood Proxism, and Grantland to talk more about the Knicks at the deadline and some some second half preview stuff. Jared, first off, I gotta ask you because it's the hot topic around the league right now, or at least around New York with Jeff Teague emerging as a trade target for the New York Knicks. Do, do you like this? Because you look at the numbers, and while he scores more than Raymond Felt in the game, they're, they're kind of similar. Uh, well, first of all, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Um, second of all, if your bar is just better than Raymond Felton, there are 50 point guards in the <laughs> league who clear that bar. You know, especially, and that's just if you're going by you know PR, which doesn't even factor in defense. Um. You know, so, yeah, sure, Teague is better than Felton. But the, the question shouldn't be, is he better than Felton? It's, is he worse what you'd have to give up to get him? And then does he move the needle enough both? You know, this year, I, in my feeling, is a bit of a lost cause no matter what. They're not going anywhere special. Like, at the absolute best, they're losing in the second round to Indiana or Miami. And even that, I think, is a pipe dream right now. Well, Jared- and then in the, in the future... You know, you have a guy who's essentially, you know, a league average, maybe slightly better point guard for $8 million a year. He cuts into your cap space in 2015, and he's not a guy that's going to move the needle in terms of making you a championship contender or, I don't think, in terms of being able to re-sign Carmelo. Well, Jared, that's where I was going to go next. He does still have three years left on his $32 million contract, and we all know the Knicks are looking forward to that 2015 offseason. So do you think the Knicks are, I guess, dumb enough to make this move and – basically mortgage their hopeful future for a right-now season where they're probably going to lose in the first round? I wouldn't put it – I wouldn't say whether or not it's, you know, dumb enough. It's more of, you know, they're making a move to try to secure a position of obvious weakness, you know, right now rather than in the future. And, you know, obviously the, the 2015 free agency class isn't the end-all, be-all. You know, they can – Go in 2016. I heard a guy named Kevin Durant a free agent that year. But I think another thing to consider with this T thing is that he has right of first refusal on any trade this year due to his contract situation, and that would mean he would have to agree to come back and play for Mike Woodson again, who he did not like playing for in Atlanta because Woodson kept playing Mike Diddy over him. And I don't necessarily see that happening. 
Well, Jared, if it's not Teague at the deadline, and we know the Knicks are kind of, they might be in a panic mode right now with the way they're they're standing in the East and they want to maybe make a charge for the playoffs. Do you see them doing anything at this point? Because it looks like that's probably the best option or one of the better options at point guard that they could go for, and that seems to be the position they need. Would you see them doing anything else at the trade deadline, or do you think, sadly, they just have to stay put at this point? I'm not sure. I mean, I could see them being active, and I could see them doing nothing. You know, if they want to trade, you know, Beno Uzra for a second-round draft pick, I feel like they could. But they seem to be concentrated on, you know, just if you're reading the rumor reports, they seem to be concentrated on making a bigger deal for a point guard and not necessarily trying to get everything they can out of the other assets they have. All right, Jared. I'm going to move away to the better team in New York, as I like to remind Kenny, the Nets. The Nets had a lot of rumors coming out yesterday. One for Jason Terry for Jarrett Jack. One about Jordan Hill for the disabled player exception. What do you see the most realistic possibility for the Nets being coming Thursday? I think I kind of like both of those deals. You know, if, if Prokhorov really doesn't care about the luxury tax, then I think that both of those moves would make them better. You know, obviously Jarrett Jack hasn't been having a great season in Cleveland, but he's better than Jason Terry. And if they're fine taking on the long-term money, then that's an okay move. It gives them another guard to add to their stable that they have right now in terms of a guy who can play in both guard positions and play with a point guard or play with a shooting guard. And then Jordan Hill gives them another energy big man who can rebound and run the floor and play multiple different positions in the, at the four and the five as well. It, they're both moves that all cost is money to make the team deeper and more flexible. Well, and then finally, kind of rounding out these these rumors, um, this trade deadline talk, because there is the Rondo. You know, Rondo's out there. He's in. You know, and the deal's expiring. Um, the Raptors may want to go after him. The Knicks maybe. I, I think I just read somewhere they might be reengaging talks or thinking about it or something like that. Um, I mean, d- do you think that the Celtics are able to unload him at this point? Because it it does seem like they would they would want to. They're in a rebuilding mode. I don't necessarily know if it would if it's a you know are they able to unload him situation. It's not like they're from what you're reading out there. It's not like they're actively shopping him around. It's more like they're taking offers. Although you know the the thing that came out yesterday with the Kings rumor that seemed like it came from the Celtics side. Just whenever I hear a rumor, I try to think you know which side benefits from this the most, and that's how I figure out who I think leaked it. And, you know, the, the one that came out yesterday with Isaiah Thomas and picks for Rondo, like the Celtics are the only party that benefits from that being out there in terms of it raising Rondo's value. The the Knicks rumors of it being out there that they're trying to get Rondo, well, the Knicks are ben- the ones that benefit from that. It's, you know, it shows Carmelo that they're trying to do everything they can to get him a guy that, you know, maybe he wants to play with or a guy who's considered an upper, upper echelon point guard in the league. I don't necessarily know that the Celtics are trying desperately to unload him where it's like, oh, can they get rid of him by Thursday? They still have, you know, another year and a half to get rid of him if they want to, and he's still going to have value. And as he plays more and shows that he's come back from an injury, he might even have more value than he has now. Well, you know what? You just said, speaking of uh, coming back from injury, Rajon, or excuse me, not Rajon Rondo, we just talked about him. Russell Westbrook is supposed to be coming back, uh, and do you think that this changes the dynamic of the Thunder in a way that you know, obviously it's going to hurt Kevin Durant's scoring numbers, but I mean, I guess how does it change the Thunder? Because we've seen this, like, just cutthroat brand of basketball from them and Kevin Durant just slaughtering teams, and now all of a sudden, you know, you are you are going to see a decrease in his, his scoring. I mean, how is this—but are they going to continue to win games? 
The Thunder are 21 and four with Westbrook this year. Like people that they're thinking that Westbrook all of a sudden is going to make them worse are frankly out of their minds. Like the, the guy is one of the best players in the league. He's clearly the second best player on the team. And, you know, as, as well as Reggie Jackson has played, he doesn't put the kind of pressure on defenses that Westbrook does. And the, the fact that Westbrook's out also pushes other guys into outsized roles. You know, you have Derek Fisher playing all of a sudden, you know, 18, 20 minutes a game rather than five to 10 minutes a game. And, you know, that hurts their defense a little bit. And, you know, Westbrook's not an outrageously good defender, but he's a lot better than Fisher, and he's probably stronger than Jackson right now as well. And just the, the pressure that he puts on defenses and the way that he is just so relentlessly attacking at all times. You know, even Durant has said, you know, we feed off Russ. We feed off when he's able to do that and attacking. He's, you know, I don't remember what the word he used to call it, some kind of dog animal where <laughs> West, he, feed, he makes them – more aggressive in the way he's able to attack. He doesn't just attack the rim. He attacks every single spot on the floor, full, full board at all times. And that's not going to make the team worse. Like, yes, he's going to use more possessions than, than Jackson would, but he's also going to take possessions away from, from Tabo and from Perkins and from Fisher and other guys who are not as good as him. So, yeah, he's going to take some from Durant, but that also helps Durant be more engaged on defense and, you know, be more of an off-ball threat at times so he doesn't have to carry the entire load on offense. I'm on your side, Jared. I think it's simply silly to think that Westbrook could make the Thunder worse in any way. But what I do have a question about is, do you think that Westbrook coming back could threaten Durant's MVP shots, or does he have it locked up? Because I think LeBron's coming on strong, but Durant's to lose at this point. Yeah, um, I feel like barring something crazy happening with the heat like that winning streak last year i feel like the 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 wave of momentum and narrative has swung so far towards durant's side that there's not really anything that could happen that would take it away from him unless you know he got hurt and or and or lebron just started doing what durant did for the last month and a half basically now, Jared, before we let you go, a couple more. Um, you look at the West right now and the Thunder obviously dominating. Uh, we saw last year with the Heat their big winning streak, and but it just it kind of seems like they're, at least at this point in the season, complacent You know, with kind of trading places with the Pacers as the best team in the East, or the Pacers really are right now uh, the best team. Do, do you see another run like last season's in them, or do you think they're going to kind of hang around the one, maybe the two spot and uh, do their damage from there in the playoffs? I think that they're more concerned, you know, just from a distance judging them, that they're more concerned with being healthy when they get to the playoffs than they are with necessarily making sure they secure home court. I feel like they're confident that they can win on the road. You know, they've done it before in getting to the finals. They won on the road. And they feel like they have that on-off switch, and they've shown at times in games against certain teams, they do have that on-off switch where they can ramp up the pressure on defense against teams and really smother them. And then obviously we know that they can hit another gear offensively depending on what LeBron and Wade and Bosch and everybody else and all their three-point shooters are doing. Well, Jared, that Eastern Conference Finals projected matchup looks like the 
the the fact the big matchup in the NBA this year, do we almost assign the NBA title to the Eastern Conference at this point, or are the Thunder? They or did Spur- win the All Star game. They're the better <laughs> conference. Or the Thunder and Spurs, and maybe the Rockets and some of those other teams in the deep West have a chance to compete with the Eastern Conference champion. Oh, I think the Western team, whoever comes out of there, definitely has a chance to compete with the the um, the Eastern Conference team. Whoever gets there is obviously going to have an easier road just because they're not going to be as challenged in the first two rounds. And I feel like, you know, Miami and Indiana are probably just going to walk into the Eastern Conference Finals, and I, I feel like everybody pretty much feels that way. The Western Conference team that gets there is going to have to go through some crazy gauntlet. You know, you have the, the Thunder and the Spurs and the Clippers and the Rockets at the top of the conference. And, you know, the, the Blazers are, I believe, in fifth right now, but they'd host the series against the Clippers because they have a better winning percentage. But I, I think that you know, you've seen over the last month or so the Blazers are trending downward from their perch they had high atop the Western Conference earlier in the year. Their, their defense just is not strong enough to keep them in the top half of the West, I don't think. But I think that, you know, no matter who gets there from the West, it's going to be such a good team that you can't just say, oh, yeah, the East has it wrapped up. All right, Jared, I'll leave you with this because it was reported this morning from Mark Stein that, you know, the Knicks are trying to re-engage those talks for Rondo even though they know it's kind of dead at this point. Um, what what's more likely to happen? Mike Woodson gets fired by May before May, or Rajon Rondo gets traded to the New York Knicks? Uh, I don't necessarily think either one of them is going to happen. So I would I'll say it's more likely that I play point guard for the Knicks than either one of those. <laughs> hey, they are looking, so you know you should get in the gym, and sh- that's what I did yesterday. You got to everyone's got to start practicing. Your PER might be higher than Raymond Felton's. I prob- probably is. That would not be too difficult. <laughs> Jared Dubin of Grantland and Hardwood Proxism, NN Bloomberg Sports. Uh, so glad that you could join us today. Thanks so much for taking some time. Thanks a lot, Jared. And uh, we'll see you around Thanks the Thanks a lot for having me, guys. Really appreciate it. I'll come back anytime. Just all of the information from Jared Dubin, at Dubin 5 on Twitter, by the way. He's a great follow. One of my favorite NBA guys that I follow. He's funny and he's very informational. Great Knicks takes. He's a great follow. He, he's right in the terms of, like, it wouldn't be, I don't know if it would be dumb for the Knicks to kind of, you know, do this, but. I think it would be, but go ahead. Well, why? Why? Let's, well, do, let's make our cases. Well, you see, the Knicks, I'm with you. I think the Knicks need to go, like Seth told us last week, the Knicks need to set a path that they're going to go on. Are we going to go all all to the, all to the wall trying to win Good right now? There. Or are we going to NPR or, podcasting? Or are we going to stop, take a step back, look at what we can do coming in 2014, 2015, and forward, and maybe sacrifice this year and next to create a good team in the later half of this decade? Well, th- th- that was the thing, and uh, Jared brought up Durant. That was one of the pieces that I was talking about down the road. You know, there's love, then there is Durant. Brook Lopez is like I don't I mean I don't know about Brook Lopez but he he's out there I think in 2015 or 2016. Yeah, he will be. Um, that would be an attractive free agent signing. Obviously, now do does he leave OKC? I don't know about that, but he is a free agent. You do have money then. The Knicks I will do, have a chance, right? I, I do think now again the Knicks didn't have to spend when they spent on Amari Stoudemire, but they spent. To say that because the Knicks have cap space in you know oh they have cap space in 2015 but they don't have to spend it that's ridiculous because of course they're going to spend it because they're the New York Knicks. That's what Jared was saying. I mean, they, right? What's the end of the? It's not the end of the world if they don't spend it, but it kind of is the end. They're of the going world. to. They're not going to go into a year where they're closer to the cap floor than the cap ceiling. Exactly, and I, I just I look 
we knew the we knew this path. We knew this plan about two years ago. We knew that they were going to even this year yeah, when they traded for did. Bargnani. We knew that they were going to you know get away get rid of their draft picks, bring in some big contracts, see if they work out. If they don't work out in two years, you got a lot of room. You kind of reload. You get a lot of a, a lot of big stars with max contracts or, or big contracts. So we knew that you know that was going to happen. But I don't know if they're going to be able to get the star they want. Just like previously on this episode of the Knicks when when they got Amari Stoudemire and he really wasn't the star they wanted. The star they wanted was LeBron James. That is the problem when you go this route of we're going to sign big players. They also were going to sign Joe Johnson, which I'm happy they didn't do. Seven-time All-Star Joe Johnson. Who had five points. If he had scored seven, internet would have exploded. <laughs> but anyway. <laughs> Wait, what about his three-point? He didn't even finish his uh, rack. Yeah, he's, <laughs> still, he's still on his final just rack. Just keep ripping that was, on that Joe. That was the hot yeah. internet <laughs> joke. That was the hot internet joke. That <laughs> As we record this podcast, Joe's walking up to his final rack. <laughs> but th- when you talk about the Knicks, that's the problem when you say we're going to sign these big players is that when you – Go out on free agency. It's the player. It's at the player's discretion. When you build through the draft, you get who you want, and if you pick the right guys, you have them for cheap, and you have possibility to sign guys to go along with good assets. And that's the Knicks' ultimate falling. They think people are going to sign with them, but they're they're a terrible organization, and people are starting to notice that. Yeah, I see no reason. You guys are talking about Durant before. There's no reason why he would ever go to such a poorly run organization. I, I can't even imagine I'm, that. If anything, I heard a rumor that he might want to team up with Harden again. That I could see. I'm kind of only you. Yeah, I just, why would he come to the Knicks? And even Love, I don't think he's going out There's to There's this romantic type thing we think about the Knicks and living in New York, kind of sort of, yeah, rooting for the Knicks. And we kind of think that people are just going to want to come here. And, That's what I was saying about New York with the draw. But, like, I, I, I don't be- know if it I has that much it. of a draw. I believe it. I don't know why, but I believe it, and I think Carmelo. People like Carmelo talking about it. They only it only adds to the fuel that I, I agree with him. It's New York. Why would you want to leave? Why would you not want to come? Well, the thing with Carmelo is because he he was you know born Brooklyn. Or he's, he's he grew up in Brooklyn. He's not born in Brooklyn, but he grew up in Brooklyn. And I mean, it's it, it obviously he always wanted to play for the Knicks. But yeah, I, I agree with you. They do have a lot of money, and they do money is is a very is, very big factor that I honestly kind of just lapsed over. But when I step back and think about it, players are becoming a lot smarter about where they sign as far as ownership goes. And James Dolan has to be as toxic a person as there is in ownership. Well, teams are beginning beginning to be a lot smarter, and they're not really like I don't. To go back to the trade line, I don't know if we're going to see any big time trades with draft picks and stuff because draft picks and stuff. That was <laughs> kind of funny, but um, because a lot of these teams are now wiser and they're holding on to the draft picks. They're seeing what Indiana did. They're seeing what Oklahoma City did. You know, they're even Portland. They they know that these can be valuable assets. They're worth their weight in gold. It's not right. close. Yeah. I don't right. know how and, many we'll see move, but I definitely think we'll see some big moves. Right, but like, yeah, I, I don't know. But I don't know about big moves. I really don't. You really, really. Well, I, I don't just think, think so. maybe not including. Like, I think we'll see maybe two first rounders get swapped in this draft. You know, for, go for, to different teams. I mean, I, I mean, all things considered, this has been kind of a boring NBA season. Like in yeah. terms of the East being terrible. And yeah, it's so, although. And so I think because of that, like it's going to fall in line. I don't think that we're going to see a great trade deadline. Yeah, on this coast, it's definitely been boring. Yeah, uh, yeah. No. the West Coast though. It's I mean, the Western it's as exciting yeah. as I yeah. Oh, the Blazers, Fantastic. like the Blazers, are awesome. The watch, right? And oh, they fun, are. They are awesome. They're perennially pretty bad, and now they're pretty good. And it's fun. I love watching the Blazers. I like watching the Warriors, even though they're. They're trending downward. <laughs> the, the West is by far much more fun to watch, but 
that's the disadvantage of being over here. We get the we get the bad conference. Well, you mentioned the Warriors. I think they're going to make a move. They want to you know bolster their bench, and I think we could see something big out of them. Obviously, they've already sent a first rounder to Utah, and they've sent a lot of picks around. So I don't think we'll see them sending picks. But I wonder if they're going to part with part of that you know core group of players. That's what I'm saying. Do you think that I would part with tra- I would part with Clay. I would part with Clay. I would part I would part with Harrison Barnes. I think Barnes is the one to. I don't yeah, know. People's, People still. I know that he's having kind of a down year this year. Uh, I really like his athleticism, and I like what he showed you in the playoffs last year. Obviously, he offers more than Clay. I'll give you that. Right. I would rather keep him than Clay, but I also think you could bring back more with Harrison Barnes. I don't know. What do you think, Kev? I don't know. I think would you get rid of Harrison Barnes? I think I would over Clay Thompson. Well, who would you get back though? Is that like that's the question? I'm trying to think who you who you can get back. You got to find somebody. You got to get a couple players. You got to you got to fill out the bench. No, because honestly, no, that's a good point. You know, you get a guy like a Flalo, maybe. Yeah. But is that really what we're trying to do? If you're the Warriors, it's it's a very tough. They have have to look themselves in the mirror and say, what are we trying to accomplish now and in the next three to four years? And that's how they'll make their decisions. Hopefully, if they the owners and GMs are smart over there. Yeah, Jordan Crawford hasn't done much for them at all, so they need something. If you look at back at the offseason, and you look back at the moves made during the season. Shipping Rudy Gay away, for sure, for Toronto. Oh, that yeah, completely yeah. changed the team. That's definitely the move of the year. Well, not only not only that, but Rudy Gay's found his way in Sacramento, and that's, yeah. that's really important for him and for Sacramento yeah. going forward. They're a young team, and I think it's not even close now that Kevin mentions it. Rudy Gay going to Sacramento <laughs> yeah. helped everybody it helped involved. everybody. And it's definitely the move of the, the year for me. Toronto's I, been I, fantastic. They, they sent have. Bargnani away and got a first-rounder for him, too. So, I mean, they've had a great, you know, chunk of time here. Our buddy Shlomo Sprung over at Sheridan Hoops just wrote about just, Rudy just read it. resurgence <laughs> just in uh, read it. Sacramento. And I was talking to him about the Kings literally probably an hour, hour and a half ago. And, I, I mean, they're obviously not a good team in the West, but – they're an intriguing team to look forward to. I love seeing them win games because it gets them higher than the Jazz, and that's that's what I want. No, I don't know. I think I think, <laughs> I think maybe the best move of the half was been uh, Jared Jack going to the Cavaliers. <laughs> oh, you know? God. Speaking of Jared Jack, <laughs> we need to talk about him potentially coming to the Nets because I think it would be a great move for the Nets. It would be cool. And it's a move that they can do for literally nothing. It would cost them what they got back from the Marcus Teague uh, trade where they just moved pieces around to open space. And Jared Jack is somebody and they can use. And Terry's trash. Oh, yeah, he's trash. And they can really use another backcourt scorer because Darren's not having his best year. Marshawn Brooks? Sean <laughs> Livingston <laughs> Come on. is not an offensive player. Why did you trade him away? <laughs> because he's terrible. He's terrible. <laughs> I love Marshawn Brooks. I'll always love Marshawn Brooks till the end of time. But going back to Jared Jack, we can definitely see him coming to Brooklyn and making a big impact. And if they if it pushes them up to the top half of the East— we're, they're in a better position. Yeah, I like that trade for the Nets for sure. But I think they should, if they can do it, they should do it now. Their ceiling is already set though without Brook Lopez. Oh well, their ceiling. Well, do you th- trade him too? Is another possibility. No, you, I know they don't. They're not thinking that. You but can't it was trade him simply because you're going to get fifty cents on the dollar for it, and you you can't be dumb enough as a as a <laughs> leadership to trade your one of your two best players for just because he's hurt. To get a healthy piece now. You can't be that dumb or else you're going to go in the black hole, the, uh, the Knicks hole, I like to call it. <laughs> well, we've got a big second half of the season coming up. And you know what? I don't think the Knicks – I think the Knicks make the – we'll do predictions here. I don't think – I think the Knicks are the seventh seed in the East when, it all, when it's all said and done. I think the Knicks are – I don't know why. I'm crazy. <laughs> I think the Knicks are out of the playoffs. Really? I hate to say I, – here I am. I'm like, the Knicks will get the eighth seed. And I've been saying that for the last – Month, two months, and 
I don't see it. The Bobcats, if they make a move for Evan Turner, will be good enough. Even now, they might be good enough. Bobcats. Just to hold off the yeah. Knicks. And I, this is as sad a conversation about the Knicks as we've ever had. But I think they might hold off the Knicks and the Pistons, too. Well, the thing is, if if Atlanta does trade Teague, especially to the, the Knicks, I know they've you know been good without Horford, but then they'll drop too. So you never know; they could drop out of the playoff picture, and that could be the spot that the Knicks hop into. I just I can't believe, like through it all, that they haven't fired Mike Woodson. Right? I can't. You, yeah. At, I, because I that's got to be a mellow thing. They probably want to re-sign him and then just get rid of him. <laughs> because wh- how? In what world is doing your job at this level good enough? <laughs> If we no. were if we were doing our job at this level, we would not be on FUV staff anymore. No, right? We and wouldn't. What, you're right. So what's that about? <laughs> Why do you get to keep he your is, job when you're so bad at it? He is just he's atrocious. Right? I mean, like two months ago, I remember writing about okay, like it, like it's time. Like he's been here for a while. It's time. I mean, that was like two months ago. Just like, think, think about this. Like, what if your electrician came in and gave you like a less than fifty percent <laughs> job? Like he wouldn't be hired. This isn't yeah. okay. He wouldn't be brought back. But yeah, the get Knicks a bad review want, online. But the Knicks, want to, the Knicks want to keep this terribly average coach. I don't know. And maybe he should shave off his eyebrows again. Or maybe he should grow some Remember hair. that? Do you remember? He actually one time had no eyebrows yes. and just a mustache. I remember that. <laughs> it was, it, I, I just I re-realized this yesterday because I was looking up old pictures of J.R. Smith's hair because yesterday was the two-year two anniversary of the Knicks tra- uh, signing J.R. Smith. So that was cool. I remember his first game, actually. I was there. I do. Yeah. He had a terrible haircut. Yeah. <laughs> and he was like, remember his, his first, what, what was like, his first two threes were just terribly missed. Yeah, I'm trying to remember because it was when Lynn was going off. Yeah. Remember, yeah, when he first came in. There he was oh. against the Mavericks. It was I on Sunday. At, yeah, I remember that. I missed that excitement with the Knicks. <laughs> yeah, that was, those were exciting times. Um, speaking of excitement, before we get you out of here, tomorrow, Rockets-Lakers, Dwight going back to L.A., going to get the booze. He's first, gonna get the win. Spurs Blazers <laughs> yeah. is probably more, much more important, yeah. and it's gonna be fun to see if the Spurs continue to fail against the better teams in the league. Because, but yet, but yet they're still thirty-eight and fifteen. Oh no! Listen, yeah. they are going to be the two seed probably, and they're going to make noise in the playoffs. But it's fun to see this this top team in the league just struggle so mightily against any team that is above five hundred in the <laughs> league. It's it's very entertaining. I mean, I just I can't believe they lost to Brooklyn, one hundred three eighty nine. I know well, they were playing the D. They were playing the backup that's, squad. Oh yeah, that's Parker, right. They were playing Parker spicy had just meatballs. Gotten, yeah. yeah, Parker had just gotten <laughs> hey, don't hurt. Hate. Parker had just gotten hurt. Duncan wasn't going to play the second half of a back to back after a double overtime game in Washington. So they were playing the backups, but yeah, it was fun to see Brooklyn win a game against the top team in the league. <laughs> if that's what you're asking, I'm that's looking for like the last big quality win. I was the Clippers on January fourth. That, I mean, I, then they had Memphis, Dallas. I mean, Minnesota, New Orleans, Utah, these are, Milwaukee. These are seven, Atlanta, Sacramento, Washington. Yeah, I mean, those. That was their last quality win, was against the Clippers back on January fourth, and that came after they lost to the Knicks. <laughs> At like like how everything. That was when the circle. that's when the Knicks were hot for a little bit. Remember that? They they were they were hot. They've been hot a couple times this year. Um, all right, we should bring in the Jimmy Fallon. Speaking of Jimmy Fallon, his debut. I didn't watch it. You I did should've. not watch it? No, I didn't. I've got to record it at home. Yeah, I'm ready I to watch it later. Did you hear about what happened? No, what happened? Tell me right now. They. So he said he, he bet a bunch of, uh, he bet like a friend $100 that he wouldn't be on late night or something. 
and then like Robert De Niro comes out and slams a hundred dollars <laughs> on the table, and then literally fifth, I think like fifteen or ten or fifteen other celebrities come out and do the same thing. So there's like and fifteen it's other the, the most <laughs> random group of celebrities you'll ever see. I, it was I'm like gonna watch Mike it. Tyson, um, <laughs> uh, Betty White. It was just like oh my, no, it's not Betty White. Joan Rivers. Uh, it was the the weirdest thing ever. Lindsay Lohan. And then Lady Gaga ruined it. Uh, well, I know what I'm doing when I get home. And Stephen Colbert dumped a bucket full of pennies on his desk. It was cool. <laughs> That's fun. That's fun. I love Jimmy Fallon, so I I'm do looking too. forward to that. I will try and give you a better show uh, next Wednesday. Always. But until then, better. enjoy the start of the NBA back up tonight after the All-Star break, which left us wondering what would have happened if that was a normal dunk contest. I think it'll be a normal one next year. It will be because the NBA knows what's going on among everybody, and they everyone hated it. Yeah, no matter what they say about the dunk contest being back, they need to change it. K-Sauce, you're right. <laughs> we'll see you guys later. Okay, here's my chance. The open lane. Don't get nervous. Don't sweat. Everyone's watching. You can do it, man. I mean, just dribble up. Go double dribble. Just dribble north.